Hello, and thanks for joining me for episode four of the Beer Prime podcast. And today I'm delighted to be joined by Melissa Cole. Melissa is an award-winning writer and widely acknowledged as one of the UK's leading beer and food experts. So I'm very happy to welcome Melissa to the show. How are you doing? I'm good. How's things? Good, good, good. I've got a little fan and I've got a cold can of Stiegel grapefruit rattler, so I'm fine. That's fantastic. And that's a low alcohol beer? Yes, two percent. So it's uh, it's effectively almost like a it's a it's a grapefruit shandy, really, and so it's a beer with fruit soda in it. Excellent. So it's a Rattler is um, it's a riders beer, um, and yep. I went out on a big ride this morning at, at, at uh, about ten o'clock when it was already about thirty two degrees in London and did some <laughs> of the hills in Richmond Park because I'm an idiot. <laughs> well, there you go. You deserve you deserve the uh, the nice fresh beer. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Excellent. Let's talk about your history in beer then. But was, was beer writing something that sort of came to you after being in, in another area of beer? or No, beer, beer writing was being in journalism. Um, so okay. when I finished union, as I was casting around for a job like most graduates do, I ended up um, temping in the production department of the Morning Appetizer. It was then called the Licensee in Morning Appetizer. It was twice weekly. And it was based in glamorous slough. Um, <laughs> and uh, every time the editor walked past me or went out for a fag, I'd go and stand beside him and go, I've got a degree in journalism, you know. I've got a degree in journalism, you know. I've got a degree in journalism, you know. And then um, uh, one of the um, senior reporters um, went on the missing list. Um, and I don't know whether this is true or not to this day, um, but I was told that basically, so he went to cover a, um, a licensed victuallers, this is a story I was told, again it might be apocryphal, but um, he went to cover a licensed victuallers event in Wales and never came back. And his wife was understandably distraught, she had, I think they had either one or two small children, um, and eventually he was found holed up with a stripper. Oh, okay. <laughs> How I got my job. <laughs> So, yeah. the, rest is, the rest is history. The rest is history. It's, it's never been dull. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound it. Looking um, around at your, the books um, that I could find online, looks like Let Me Tell You About Beer was your first book? Yes, it was. Yeah, that was eight or nine years ago now. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and then uh, it's, um, I didn't find that a particularly happy experience. I'm very proud of the book. Um, yeah. But it really put me off for ages, and um, and so I didn't do anything until this really young, vibrant, wonderful woman contacted me um, from Hardy Grant. Her name's Carjal, and I'm incredibly proud that the uh, journey I've taken with them over the last few years. She's gone from editor to she's just been promoted to publisher, so I'm wow. thrilled for her. Mm. Um, and she's a huge craft beer fan. Um, and uh, another one of the um, team, uh, Ruth, who who works on the on the PR and marketing side. She's also a massive craft beer fan. Um, and we've even we've even converted another one, <laughs> Emma, um, as well. And uh, you know, I, I'm working with a group of fantastically talented, brilliant, passionate young women who want to make beer books look as beautiful as hopefully the, the well no, they, they look a lot prettier than my writing is I'll be honest with you but you know <laughs> they, they look they look attractive and they look attractive 
across the board there's no there's no attempt to genderize them or yeah. they're just great strong design mm. uh, and they just they aren't your typical brown beer book yeah um yeah. which is my forever my forever pain about let me tell you about beer is it's bloody brown oh and one of the glasses is slightly dirty on the cover oh dear <laughs> i know oh. i looked i my 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 uh my moment of getting my advanced copy i burst into tears i was so excited <laughs> and overwhelmed it's my first book and it had been such a stressful process and and I, I, I developed dreadful insomnia for the first time in my life and all sorts. Um, and uh, which hasn't always entirely buggered off, to be honest with you. Um, and uh, I just, and then I suddenly realised that one of the glasses was slightly dirty. It was like, oh. <laughs> I mean, that sort of only lasted for a few minutes, but it was, it was just like, oh. Yeah. I mean, people, people give other people a load of rubbish about that, on even on Twitter. I, I'm... Cans on these things. From cans, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> best. Yay. Up, up there for thinking down there. <laughs> yeah. No, my um, my Twitter and my Instagram, most things that I put on there are the the sort of daily beers that I'm drinking. Like, yeah. you know, every day. I'm not an alcoholic, but <laughs> well, borderline. But um, <laughs> I, I usually put that. And sometimes I've grabbed the glass from from the shelf and yeah. poured the beer before I've actually really checked yeah. that it was perfectly clean. Yeah, and then you see a little bit, of the, a little bit of bubble sticking to the side, and you think, "Oh, cracky, people are going to come." But I've been, I've been told a little thing about that. I can't remember where it was. It may even been on Twitter that if you tap, the, certainly if you've got like a, oh, a yeah. kind of glass here, if, if you, you tap, tap the stem on the uh, on the the table a few times, it does shift them. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So there's a little trick. Yeah. But uh, so I've got the oh, little oh, oh, craft beer here. Oh, thank you. And uh, so obviously going with a, a, a drawn cover yeah you're avoiding the dirty glass exactly yes and that's good that's a good tactic i do love that and it's not I'm, not I'm not saying this just because you're here but i do love this book and i love the fact that it's not just a book of um a whole load of beers that that you should go and find and drink but there's the little cocktail recipes using beer the food recipes in amongst them here and there so it's a whole load more than just a reference book of, of beer. In fact, actually what I've done is um, a three or four friends that have got into beer, as soon as they've started to get into it over the last kind of year and a half, um, I've bought um, on Amazon and sent them a copy of that. So My royalties check, thank you. <laughs> so, um, no, it's good because I, I like how it is nice and compact, but it packs in a lot over the pages. Um, and so, yeah, it's a good book. I've seen the beer kitchen. I must admit to not having purchased a copy yet. Not required. <laughs> because one of my things about cooking with beer is I'm very much an event beer person. Mm -hmm. And so not maybe all of it, but a lot of the beer I buy is beer I want to sit down, open up, pour into a glass and really enjoy. And the thought of half of that, some of that, all of that, going into a stew or something like that, I'm sure it would be absolutely beautiful, but yeah, yeah. I would cry at losing half of that. Well, yeah. Let's face it, they're not always perfect, are they? They're not always right. They're not, they don't always live up to your expectations. At that point, all you do is you stick them in the freezer. Yeah. Although I must say, I did um, uh, steak and ale stews. Mm -hmm. um, I did use Broken Dream. I bet so, that was because, yeah. because, uh, yeah. yeah. And it was, And it was fantastic. It yeah, was excellent. Be, so, so that's good. Be good with venison. 
that chocolatey flavour venison has an affinity with dark chocolate. So, mm. yeah, a lot of a lot of venison, uh, like venison dishes, that their, their sauce is finished with a bit dark chocolate. Yeah, it'd also be great in a in something like a chili con carne as well. Oh, yeah, that's good. And I mean, I today I made a. a um, peanut butter chocolate milkshake from, from myself and my son just uh, this <clears throat> earlier today. Would you stick a beer in the milkshake? What kind of beer would you stick in a blender to, to sort of go with ice well, cream? And... You do not stick beer in a blender. No? Carbonated. Ah, okay. It explodes. Which actually, if you turn to the, like the cocktail at the back of Little Book of Craft Beer, Mm. Um, which was called the, I think I think I can't recall it something like the the chocolate peat monster or something I can't remember now but um, uh, that was I made about seven iterations of that before I was happy with it um, and it involves imperial stout and hard liquor and and mm. all that sort of stuff so by the time I got to the sixth or seventh iteration, sixth iteration of it I was frankly a bit pissed so. I, <laughs> I forgot about not putting the beer in the blender. Right, okay. I can definitively say to you, be less me. It right. makes a hell of a mess. Blend everything first, blend then everything add the beer. First, add beer. Stir. Okay, yeah. that's a good tip. <laughs> Exploding blender would, would, not be, would not be, it's a new yeah. blender for us. We only bought it during this lockdown, so. <laughs> My kitchen looked like somebody had had a dirty protest. <laughs> Um, and uh, on the subject then of your books, you've got another one coming out later this year. I have indeed, yeah. I've got the Cup of the Vlogger coming out. Okay. So, so this is going to, would this be similar to this book, but just all about lager? Yes. Yeah. So, but I think, I mean, I talk, I talk about lager in the way that I've come to talk about lager over the years is actually lager is, lager is a process, not really a style. If you say lager to 99.9% .9 of the population, they are going to say Carling, Fosters. They may yeah. say, they may say a craft brand, they, or they may say Pilsner Alcohol or Czech mm. Bar, Budweiser Bud Bar. Yeah, or if they say uh, craft, it's probably going to be like Camden Hells or... Yeah, Camden Hells or, or, or something like that that you see on the shelves. So, which, is, which are all perfectly valid and, and very pleasant beers. Yeah. Um, but lager is really a process and the more that you get people to understand that in reality it's a process that's where we get the word lager it comes from the German word lager which means store once you actually get people's heads around that then they're much more likely to investigate the wider world of, of lager in my experience of doing Christ knows how many years of Christ knows how many tastings to audiences mm. um, because you sort of demystify it a bit for them. And then they might go and look at a Schwarz beer. Excuse me, they might go and look at a Baltic Porter. They might go and they might go and try a Vienna. You know, yeah. something that they might have poured Brookford out once and just gone, God, that's wrong. There's something wrong with this beer because it's, you know, because it just it's says not, Brooklyn Lager. Yeah, and it's not but, what they used to. Look at the fine print. If you just go, oh, Lager, oh, that's got a cool logo on it, poor. What the fuck is wrong with this? It's the wrong colour. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, you've got, you, you, I think the more that you, I think probably one of the secrets to my success, if you can vaguely call what I do successful, is that I've always sought to educate myself to the nth degree, but understood that actually other people don't need to be. 
it's yeah. the, the the better educated you are about your subject actually the better you become at disseminating it simply yeah and obviously as a journalist that's always been my job anyway is to is to break down complicated information into bite-sized formats that, that that can go to a broad readership so right. that's without without being patronizing and without dumbing the subject down um and though and that and that really is is where i i feel that the little lava really helps people understand that you know, in the, in, the, in, in the words of certain American brewers, you know, it's not all bland, fizzy piss. Yes, yeah. Well, I'm, looking f I'm looking forward to getting that. I, I drink more stouts and porters, uh, obviously in, these, in this kind of weather, although I do think that any weather is stout weather. I'm putting it out there. Okay I'm perfectly happy. But of course, when it's as warm as it is and hot as it is um, over these last few days and yeah. the coming few days, hopefully. But generally, when the, when the weather's nice, then a nice refreshing beer is um, yeah. certainly the order of the day. And that, those are the kind of times that I go to, I go to a lager. Yeah. Um, or sometimes like an IPA or a Saison or something like that anyway. But certainly a, a lager. But for me, it has to be a well-produced lager. And so I'll only ever look at, at the the craft uh, craft stuff, so it'd be nice to uh, to to look at your book and get some good hints on on the ones to try, because I know that when you've done some beer collaborations, I mean, looking back at, at, at the things you've done, yeah, um, you've you've collaborated on quite a few, but certainly a couple of your more recent ones are lager styles, aren't they? Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, it's, it's kind of been a bit of a, a bit of a coincidence, really. I mean. You go and brew with with Colin Strong, you're kind of like, well, do you know what? We, I could do an IPA, but God, wouldn't that be wouldn't that be expected? And we'd been talking for ages how just you know, just love the Hellas style, but would really like to use some some slightly offbeat hops in it. Um, mm. And that was really and uh, the <laughs> the name purely came from the brew sheet, funnily enough, actually, because all Cole had written down on it. Unfortunately, he couldn't be there on the day because he was. Um, um, his kid had given him hand, foot and mouth disease, which is not foot and mouth disease, just to be really clear. Right. Um, yeah, so, so apparently it's really common. Um, you know, children, mucky creatures, which I say is a very happily childless person. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, it, it was just, you know, on the day, he'd just written on the Bruce MC Hellas. Just obviously Melissa Cole Hellas. <laughs> and I made a joke about, well, you know, if I ever need a career change, I know what my, I know what my rap name is going to be. And that, <laughs> That, that, that kind of went, this is actually quite amusing then it's mc hellas it's like oh god I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then um and then obviously uh netching um and uh i'd done done one collaboration with the folks before um which was with the with the crown and kettle as well in manchester mm -hmm. um which was for beardless beer week um, so Nicky Cole, the manager of the Crown and Kettle, who does a stupendous job, he's got such a huge passion for beer. Uh, she and I went to Neptune and we brewed, we brewed, um, we brewed this beer and we had great fun. Oh, oh, that was it. And obviously, I'd done, I'd done the one with, uh, with the guys from Neptune, uh, Les and Julie from Neptune, and I went over to Beer Nouveau and we brewed uh, Salacia, which is a chocolate orange stout, uh, which then got aged in. A few different barrels, including a couple of a couple of Brazilian wood ones as well, like um, which are Umbarana and Cabo Wow! Uh, so yeah, 
So very cool. Yeah, that went down a school. Uh, a chocolate yeah. orange stout would be because for me, uh, in in terms of eating eating chocolate, yeah, uh, a chocolate orange, a dark chocolate orange, by the way, though not a milk yeah. chocolate orange, um, is is my idea of heaven. So a chocolate orange stout. You should try the Montezuma's. Um, is it Happy Hippie? I think it's orange and geranium. Ooh, wow! Yeah, stunning. Look out for that. Yeah. I'm also trying to figure out how I make that into a beer right now as well. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, you've also done a, um, a Martson, haven't you, with um, Western mm -hmm. for October West? Oh, Western. Uh, they're rebrewing that as far as I'm aware as well. Oh. I love that beer. I love, I mean, I love, I, I've loved all of these beers, but that beer is, that's, that's something quite special. We worked really really hard on that robert's a serious detail guy so yeah. serious serious detail guy um and we worked on everything down to um absolutely nailing the water profile nailing the nailing the strike temperature the, the the mash temperature the firm everything the lagering period mm. was all 100 percent nailed down and it took me a lot to convince him to use um, uh, Mandarin Bavaria in it, um, in his hot rocket. Yeah. <laughs> but I got there. You got there. You got your, you got and, your way. And he, he loves it. And, and I have to say that actually I'm, it's a testament also to the quality of the canning that they're doing and so on and so forth. But mm. actually I cracked one three weeks ago, four weeks ago. And if anything, I'd say it's got better. Mm it's delicious i didn't get the chance to to have it on the first run but if they're rebrewing it they are no, it's somewhere. last last conversation had yeah they are excellent and they're not far from me they're only about a 15 minute drive so oh perfect i will i will be i will be down there to to pick up some for the other second. well i mean they're, they're doing such roaring trade at the tap room so that's fantastic yeah. news to hear i've got a lot of time for them yeah no it's, it's a, and it's a nice um tap room as well i went there probably about 18 months or so ago um uh, when they were having a special event with uh single hop beers they were doing a, a yes. kind of testing yeah. on many many single hop beers um and they had an evening that was that was yeah. good good fun i've also I, I have actually had one of your um collaborations and that's the one with brasserie de la seine oh, in I brussels i rate saison I, I went to brussels four times for work in 2018. My first visit over there, I was on my own um, and I found a little restaurant um, not far behind the um, Grand Place actually, and yeah. I'm probably not going to pronounce it properly. But I think it's called Nuit Niginuf or something like that. It, it's a bit of a weird name and I think I might have pronounced it incorrectly, but it's a tiny place. If it's Flemish, it's, I'm no help to you whatsoever. I'm yeah, probably is Flemish. It's a tiny little place, which I think has about 14, maybe 16 covers. Yeah. Um, and you, and uh, when I got there, there was a queue of about four people already queuing to get in. Good time. And I nearly walked away, but I thought, well, let's see how long the queue is going to last. If, you know, if I'm standing here for ages, I'll walk away. But it, didn't, it wasn't too long, and I got inside. And what I loved about it was that the menu came and it had two pages for food all traditional and 
not just Flemish, but but traditional sort of Belgian uh, cuisine, and not just from Brussels. There was Bruges and mm-hmm. and various other kind of parts of Belgium as well. But it had eighteen pages for beer. Excellent. That's a good ratio. Yeah, two pages, two pages for food, eighteen pages for beer. So I settled on some uh, some Bruges meatballs, mm-hmm. um, and I had an irate saison. Uh, as my first beer. I did have a couple more after that. Mm-hmm. I had the irate saison. And um, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed the beer, but I really enjoyed the, um, the, the restaurant as well. And so each of the other three times that I've been back to Brussels, yeah. I toddled off to this lovely little restaurant that I'd found, had myself a nice little uh, traditional uh, Belgian dish and uh, a, a couple of beers from their amazing, amazing beer menu. Fantastic. So um, I'm certainly, I'm, I've not got any plans going back to Brussels at the moment, but that's definitely going to be a port of call. Uh, well, I'm, I'm actually, well, with the, if the Brussels beer challenge goes ahead at the end of October, I'm going to go out then, so I'll have to ah. pick your brains before that. But Yeah, I'm well, happy to send you some suggestions, definitely. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I know Brussels pretty well, but I think I've just missed this one. Or I might know it, it's just uh, I, it's one of those ones that you look at and you go, ah, that's what he was saying, I've got you. Um, Maybe I'll be. There's, there's certain people who are absolutely encyclopedic about this stuff. I am deeply directionally challenged. Right. Okay. I mean, I can barely find my ass with my own two hands most of the time. I'm <laughs> so bad, so so bad. So I get I get lost everywhere. I mean, even finding that like the Punchinella or, or Punchinella or whatever, I, I I frequently just go. Well, I need. To, uh, this, where's the signs for the mannequin piss? Oh, okay, right, fine. I'll, I'll, I'll follow this. I know it's right upside. It's fine. It's got a creepy puppet, but it has the best selection of Orval I've ever seen in my life, and I want to sit down and drink Orval all afternoon. I've done on a couple of slightly ruinous occasions, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. Um, there's some amazing places. We we had uh, we also had a dinner in the Brussels Beer Project, uh, mm-hmm. um, and it was really good to to be out in the back, uh, the yeah. tables there, in pretty yeah. much amongst the the, the tanks uh, of beer, and then have the guys to sort of give a little bit of a tour, and then during the course of the meal tasting of, of uh, a few of the different beers on offer well you know Ivan's just opened a huge new brewery at Brasserie de la Seine. has he really he has ah. big fancy thing excellent well that's good to remember yeah. for future and, and any business that can go his way because that whole project was a nightmare <laughs> <laughs> oh my god poor baby he really did he went through the mill with it there were problems left and right and centre and oh my god he had to fight so hard so any business that anybody can give him please please mm. if you have an event to do in Brussels go talk to a man yes well I mean I can definitely uh, vouch for his beer that's for sure it's just excellent beer all, all the time Stouterich I think is 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 a lovely beer it's uh, when I'm at the when I'm at the brewery I, I just, I always have to have Taras Bulba first because Taras, yes. Taras Bulba is just. Yeah. Um, is, but yeah. when I get, so Ivan's a total nightbird. Right. So if you go out with Ivan, you drink Zinnabir from, you know, he, he sort of barely, he's, he's virtually vampiric, the man. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and if you go out with Ivan, you, you, you sort of go out at about 10, 11 o'clock at night and then you drink Zinnabir until four in the morning. Oof. Yeah. Sounds like sounds good. Yeah, but he takes you to the most amazing dive bars and like industry places and places you'd never go or never know about. That's what I prefer. We were in Madrid a couple of years ago, 
and I sort of tried to to look up before we went about all of the the small and um, out of the way bars yeah. in Madrid, cra- like yeah. pr- proper craft bars. Yeah, um, I think we managed to get around three or four. It was me and my wife and I that were there together, and she doesn't particularly like beer, so I, she wasn't a willing participant. So I couldn't go to more than I did. But all the Spanish craft beer bars sell a really good selection of gins normally as well, and they have yeah. decent wines, and they're not, they're yeah. not, it's, mind you, to be honest, most, most craft beer bars don't do that. They're not, they're not stupid enough to do no, that. No, no, true, true. You know, it's okay not to like beer. Yes. <laughs> it's it alright not to like beer. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's incredible that it was sort of early doors. There were some that just went, well, it's beer or nothing. Look, we're craft beer bar, mate. It says above the door. Yeah. And it's like, that's fine, but you're still a bar and you're still part of the leisure and hospitality industry. Yeah. You have every right to do your own offering. Just don't be freaking snooty about it. Yeah. I know, you're right. These period that we went through about three to it sort of stopped being quite so bad about 18 months ago. But there was this period where I literally would walk into places, and they'd be surly, and I'd say, oh, what, what uh, you know, what pale ales have you got on? Six. <laughs> and it got to the point where it's like, suppose you want a taster, don't you? Oh. So, um, no, and just left. <laughs> And yeah. then I'd send them an email the next day going, guys, that was not great. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's this, it's that, it's the other. It's like, yeah, go. The thing is, is I spoke to a few other people and they all said, oh, we've actually stopped going there. Because yeah. it's like, I'm now 44 years old. I'm not going to go and sit somewhere, which is also fundamentally generally quite uncomfortable mm. <laughs> I'm getting old in fact I just don't like uncomfortable places full stop um, I don't want to perch on a, on a bar stool that's got virtually three legs and falling over yeah. I don't want to sit on, on I don't want to sit surrounded by I want to sit on something that's steel and flimsy it's just uncomfortable um, and, and I just I don't and there's so many places that are now getting it so much better I mean, you know, my one exception to that will always and forever be the rake. Um, you know, you just never care how uncomfortable, flimsy or shitty the furniture is. It's the rake and it's an icon. Um, but, you know, and, but even those guys have, you know, they've upped their furniture game. Things are comfortable now. It's actually, you know, there's stuff that doesn't look like it's about to fall off the wall. And, like, <laughs> and I should caveat that they are also the owners of two of my best friends. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a great place. It's, it's, it yeah. is quite, I mean, if it's, if the weather isn't great, it's quite small though, isn't it? So, yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, either they put the big umbrella up on the deck, but even yeah. then it's, it's, yeah. um, yeah, it's no, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I'm lucky that I've, I think most of the times I've been there, it's been fairly nice anyway, and we've just been standing outside, you know, go inside to get the drink and then stand to yeah. the side r- roughly where, where the kind of opening to Borough Market is, that, or the rest of, or one side of Borough Market anyway. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm drinking um, an Anspach and Hobday IPA, which I'm really enjoying. I love those boys. Um, they are yeah they're great and they've they've opened up um uh, a new brewery in croydon haven't they or just outside croydon purdy way yeah um which i haven't had the chance to get down to yet actually yeah i think they've got the tap room there yeah um 
what breweries are you currently enjoying a lot of beer from? Um, as I said earlier, I was genuinely really impressed with, with the Amity beers. I think, you know, for your first brew, wow, nailed it. Um, Utopians turning out great lagers. Um, Cotswold has been around for ages, still turning out great lagers. Yeah, Marble are just mm. killing it. They are absolutely fantastic. Brick doing a fantastic job. Um, oh, I mean, I love the folks at Neptune. I've never had a bad beer from them. Who else? Roosters still rocking it after all these years. Mm. Um, obviously with the change of ownership in between, but the lads have had it forever now. Um, uh, you know, just just so many great British breweries. I mean, London's awash yeah. with them. Yeah, um, it's... you know, it's really. I was really pleased to try um, some of Stacey stuff from Rock Leopard, um, which is it's super. Uh, I've seen, yeah, I've seen the branding. Um, I've not actually managed to see the beer anywhere yet that I've. Oh, he, I does, he, he does a couple of dark beers you'll love. Um, Mondo, I I adore. Um, uh, I just think there's just uh, there's so so many great breweries, and there's also breweries like, for example, Salkham, who mm. are just quietly getting on with their stuff down in Devon, relatively trads, moving a little bit into you know sort of slightly more interesting um, pale ales and things like that, and a few other bits and pieces. Um, but you know they're doing fantastic jobs, and then you've got incredible cider makers like Little Mona, um, Ross's Cider. Um, you know, I think their Perry, for example, is just sublime. Mm. Um, uh, the little Pomona Cidekins, the, the low ABV ones. Yeah. Um, I got my hands on some of the Quince one um, the other week, which was beautiful. It smelled so pretty. I wanted to dab it behind my ears. <laughs> Captured all of that wonderful, glorious perfume of Quince. Yeah. It's just delightful. Oh, fantastic. And, and 2.8% and that's what I'm really excited about as well I mean I'm you know huge caveat is I do do some work with Big Drop um, but I'm always super happy to have their beers in the house yeah um, helps with that desire on a hot day like this for you know midweek drink mm. um, yeah I think I think what they're doing is absolutely fantastic um, the, 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 Gads uh, are doing their work like 1.2% pale ale the number 11 um, you know, there's loads of really great, great beers. Gypsy Hills, Carver, Northern Monks, Striding Edge, you yeah. know, all those folks. Um, I wasn't particularly impressed with um, the Beaver Town effort, and that's not Beaver Town Bash, because I, I will happily drink neck oil. I think it's a great beer. Um, but I just, I was just really disappointed in that. And Thornbridge is still absolutely killing it. So, you know, all yeah. those folks are doing a great job. So then you've got Unity. God, I mean, there's so many. Just... Yeah. As you're saying, the, 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 the amount of low, no alcohol beers coming out at the moment that are really, really good beers. Yes. Is excellent because I remember many, many years ago, before all of this, but mainly before um, craft beer grew so big here, you, if you weren't drinking, you may as well just had a Coke or something because... The, the non-alcoholic offerings were atrocious caliber for a start absolutely appalling stuff and i think people there are a lot of people that are still not really the bottle i still don't know how they made it so bad <laughs> i think there, there's still a lot of people who um look at non-alcoholic or low, low alcohol hmm. 
is and think, well, it can't be any good then. Opinions are changing on that because, as you say, there are some great ones. I mean, it doesn't, obviously, you know, as you're saying, it's not just the, the 0 or 0.5%, um, percent, but also, come, you know, in the twos, you know, two, two and a half percent beers. I remember that you mentioned Mondo as well. I had the micro IPA, I think it was called Pocket Cup. Um, and yeah, that's only maximum 2.8%. Mm. It actually tasted a oh, lot stronger than that. Well above its weight, yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of uh, work being, being done in breweries to, to do that. I know obviously breweries like, as you say, Big Drop um, and Infinite Session, where they're... Yes. Their only their only focus is non-alcoholic yeah. beers, um, and so there's there's a lot of good beers coming out. And now I'd be happy um, to go somewhere and to take some of those beers with me if I'm driving, rather than just have a coke or have a have a have a soft drink instead. Yeah, big drop milk stouts the best things in sliced bread. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and they, and they and they put a lot of thought into things as well. And, and you know, when we worked on the collab project together last year um, with Fine Harbour, Four Pure, uh, Fine Harbour, Four Pure, and Salt, you know, we had a really amazing range of beers there. We had a dry hopped lager, we had a raspberry gosa, we had a juniper and hibiscus saison, and we had a black IPA. Mm. Um, which I actually got um, speaking of great brewers and wonderful humans, um, was uh, uh, Andy Parker, who's oh, uh, yeah. you know, from if, Elusive. Back, Elusive. Yeah. Um, so I asked the lads at Big Drop if they'd send him a case of the of the Black IPA. <laughs> <laughs> and he got a seal of approval as well, which was big, 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 big thing. Wow. Um, so yeah, so you know, and, and actually, I find, I find that area really quite interesting, actually, because you've got a little collection of fantastic breweries. Yeah. Because you've got Double Barreled, you've got Elusive, you've got um, Siren, you've got Wild Weather, um, and uh, just down the road in Marlow, you've got Art Brew and Moog Brew, sorry, um, Moog Brew down in, in Marlow. Rebellion Brew. as well in Marlow. Uh, I've always, I really like the folks at Rebellion, they're really nice. I struggle with the le level of diacetyl in their beers. I know it's kind of their signature. But it just doesn't, it's too much for me. I'm so sort of diacetyl sensitive that I just can't get past it. Okay. I want to. <laughs> I was in Marlow um, a couple of weeks ago because um, my wife and I, for our anniversary this year, mm -hmm. and my wife bought me um, a meal at the Hand and Flowers. Yes. Lovely. Um, and, but it was, a, it was a, an overnight stay at one of the cottages at the Hand and Flowers. Um, lunch at the Hand of Flowers, but then the night before dinner at the Coach. Oh, so um, And actually, if I'm if I'm allowed to say this, I preferred the dinner at the Coach than the lunch at the Hand of Flowers. But I think no, the the reason I think I, this is no putting down of the Hand of Flowers, and um, because it was a fantastic restaurant, but because it was a fixed menu lunch, we didn't get to choose what we were having. Yeah. And, I enjoyed what I had, but I probably would have chosen other things. Yeah. Whereas at the coach, you're given the menu and you're told you can pick because they're kind of smaller dishes. Yeah. Even then, one of them, I'd had like a burger, which even called a mini burger, far from small. Um, but they're smaller dishes. So you, you get to choose eight dishes between yeah. you. Yeah. Um, and we chose six savory to sweet. And 
because of that, I was eating things that I'd, I'd chosen. Um, yeah. And I think that's probably why I preferred it um, to, to the Hannah Flowers. But yeah, I mean, yeah, the Hannah Flowers still was great. Really, really loved doing it. I definitely want to go back when I can just go back and sit down and say, right, where's the menu? What do I want? Yeah. But uh, the, the beers that were in any place in Marlow were rebellion. Well, of course, there were the mass-produced stuff as well but yeah, the, only, the only stuff that was in any of those places were rebellion beers and i've never had a rebellion before yeah so um i was only going by um i had an ipa and uh a, a golden owl right so i'm um, on to my second beer um it's from northern monk and it's one of their old flax store project beers um called ofs 006 it's essentially a Pim Sour, although they're calling it a British summer fruit punch sour. Yeah, so um, they're, they're small, uh, they're pilot plant brewery. Yes, that's right. Yeah, so old, old flax store projects. And um, I'm keeping my eye out for, for the old flax store imperial stout that, that is bound to come out at some point, I'm sure. Oh, you want to get your hands on the yeah. um, dry gates? Oh, Immovable object. Oh yes, I've seen that. I've seen it on immovable objects um, and unstoppable, force. unstoppable forces. Yeah, ten percent double IPA and a ten percent imperial stout. Yeah, that looks really interesting. It's the thing with Drygate is that I don't. I only tend to see you know the kind of crossing the Rubicon and things like that on, yeah. on the shelves in supermarkets. Yeah. Don't tend to see their other stuff down down south. I don't know. They've got an online They're, shop. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. But, um, one thing I, I found really good, I, I saw on Twitter that they had um, shared their little sheet of what's in the tank, what's um, conditioning, what's yeah. being brewed. And I thought that was so good. It yeah. would be excellent if every brewery did that and they, posted that every week so you know what's coming up, what's happening. I just wish people would send me press releases. Um, yeah. I I, um, I didn't think I'd, I'd let you drink a sour alone, so I've got the camper van mimosa. Okay, fantastic. So, which is a so, advice, it's raspberry and apricot berliner. Excellent. And we didn't mention uh, that you were just drinking your own Neptune. I was, yeah. Melissa Kolsch. I know, it's terrible, isn't it? I, but this is Les's fault, by the way. <laughs> I'm beginning to get concerned that people think I'm some sort of giant narcissist. So there's quite a lot of fun things you can do with my surname. So I think that's uh, kind of how it's, how it's come out. Um, but uh, yeah, Les, Les apparently, Les and Julie were having a, a quiet evening in the living room one evening. Both of them were sitting there reading a book or just quietly sitting there. And then Les apparently just shouted out, Melissa Kolsch! Julie went through the roof. She's like, what, 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 what? I mean, that's what we're going to call the beer, Melissa Kolsch. It just came to him and he just had to shout it out. <laughs> but had you already decided to brew a Kolsch or? We talked about doing a lager um, okay. or, or probably a Kolsch anyway, because in a brewery their size, it's difficult to, you know, you can't ask them to tie up, tie up firm and, and um, everything like that for as long as you'd have to for a true lager and they, cause they can't crash temperatures to super low. So, um, so you can put it to sort of just about zero, and you can increase and you can speed up the lagering process, but it's right. difficult to do that. And you have to have it as constant temperature and blah blah blah. And you have to you have to have a lot of lot of technical know how about brewing lagers. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, so we did the cold because it's obviously it's a hybrid, so it's an ale lager hybrid. So you 
yeah. you ferment it warmer with an ale yeast and then you lager it again going back to that thing of lager is lagering is a lager is a process it's not actually a style yeah per se um and and that and that's what we did so and, and i had to uh i'd work hard to, again i had to work hard to convince les on the on the hopping schedule um so you've got sars premium which is kind of like sars on steroids um mm. and hula melon so okay. that's what's in there so which gives it this nice sort of fruity thing and premium brings this sort of lime feel thing so. excellent that sounds refreshing it, it is it's i'm i'm well because i didn't get to try the first lot because when they released it i was in brazil and by the time i came back from brazil it was two days after lockdown had started so it's produced only draft on the first one so they've only just canned it so yeah did you have trouble getting back from brazil or was it all smooth i mean it was a bit disconcerting to be on a totally packed plane and nobody was really talking about masks at that point so i did Right. I, I quarantined myself when I got back for 14 days. Actually, it turned out to be 12 because I'm an idiot and I can't count. But <laughs> there. Um, but literally, I, I, came, I came through the airport, which was dead as a dodo. Mm. And I was expecting somebody to stop me and say, you know, have you just got off this flight from Brazil? Have you done this? Have you done that? Are you now going into quarantine 14 days? Have you got a mask? If not, there's a paper mask for you. How are you getting home? Do not get on public transport. All the things that you just would imagine would be the really... All the things that every other country are doing. I expected at least somebody to point a thermometer, you know, one of those gun thermometers at the head. Yeah. Jack. Shit. Yeah, it's, it's very like, worrying, oh, isn't it? Oh, it's terrible. I mean, frankly, it's... Uh, well, I could, I could go off, but my personal... We, we could... We could fill a whole podcast just with what's been going on there, to be honest. I tell you what, for anybody who, who, who does feel like this government isn't doing the best job in the world, um, follow, uh, uh, just, do a, just do a search for this week in, the hashtag this week in Tory. And there's a guy who, 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 who Paul basically just goes through every single news source mm. and pulls everything together in one thread and just, wow. Yeah. Anyway, the good shocking. news is... Yeah. This is uh, Pakistan in their second innings. It's a 48 for three in the cricket. So, wow, 48 for Okay, that's good. Yeah, and given that we've got, we've got just over 200 and they've got 300 plus, I'm, hmm. well, actually, just under. I can't remember what we got in the end, but it was way cool. <laughs> Where does your love of cricket come from? My sister. Um, so, my sister um, was, she's always been a golf player, hockey player. Um, ex-husband was huge cricket growing up all his life and when they were still together um he uh, melanie got involved in cricket as well because it's all you know, it's all have bat hit ball effectively isn't it mm. um so and she's very good and she's naturally very good at all that sort of stuff i grew up doing dance and gymnastics and all that airy fairy kind of stuff um which i loved and enjoyed and still will go and dance at the drop of a hat if i can I probably wouldn't be able to see the splits these days. I don't think I'd even like to try. Um, but um, so, and I was literally sitting in a lazy boy one day as they went off to do this indoor cricket business. Um, all the Sunday papers and a cup of tea and I was wearing like jeans and heeled boots and stuff. And I got this panicked phone call going, um, could you go upstairs and grab some training gear? I was like, oh, do you need to come back and pick up? I said, no, you need to put it on. For you. <laughs> Well, yeah, we're one, we're one short and, yeah. you, and you're playing. <laughs> I 
girl's 29. Who takes up a sport at 29? <laughs> um, anyway, idiot here does. Um, and I'm shit at it. And I freely admit I'm shit at it, but I do enjoy it. But that's the main thing, isn't it? Yeah. Listen, it's not, it's not what I do for a living. I also um, really wanted to carry on, even after the women's section, and it got, got pretty damn tedious travelling to Hertfordshire every because I live in southwest London, so and games started at 10 in the morning or something. It was mm. not what you want to do with a Sunday morning, really, is it? No. Um, and uh, so I asked to start training with a local, with a local club. And then actually, as I was starting to train with them, the women's section in, in my sister's village team dissolved. Um, and I, I said to them that, well, you know, I also don't want to go trogging around. Oh, you guys start at one, one in the afternoon. Marvelous. I like this. <laughs> yeah, but you don't finish till about seven, eight o'clock at night. Shit. Um, oh, and you, want to, and, and, you, and you travel all over the country as well. Good, this isn't a pain in the ass still. Um, so anyway, so um, Twickenham are far, far above my pay grade. Um, and until I sustained uh, an unfortunate um, hip injury, um, not the cricket at Hayes and Dwight, um, I was able to, I was actually all right at bowling. Just, you know, dibbly dobblers, but I got it down there. Mm. Um, and uh, I just really enjoyed it now. I just kind of, you know, I, I'm fairly good at, at not getting out. I'm not very good at, I'm not very good at getting runs, but I'm fairly, fairly handy, solid, solid oh. one end when, when, you've got, when you've got the lower order. Better than um, some of the England team, then. <laughs> hey, don't be knocking the Burnley Lara. Um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, I uh, and, and I, I just yeah, I really enjoy I really enjoy sort of close fielding because I I am good at catching. I've got very quick reflexes, even despite right. my, my my advancing years. As this. <laughs> <laughs> and I've I'm, and I've got no fear. And I'm an idiot. Yeah. So you know. I'm willing to chuck. Yeah, those cricket balls are hard, aren't they? If they come they, at you very yeah. fast. Yeah, and yeah. some of the women hit them damn hard. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of women knocking around in the teams that we play against, including and, and including in ours that are former county players. Right. So when they hit a ball, it stays hit. Yeah. You know, they 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 effortlessly stroke fours. They fairly effortlessly hit sixes. Yeah. You get in the way of one of those, it's trouble. Yeah. Yeah, one of, one of my one of the tops of my legs is slightly larger than the other one as a result of being too cocky and too close and not quick enough. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> well, the good news on the um, Northern Monk. You weren't pulling faces. That's good. The the sour beer is that it's lovely. It's really lovely, and to be honest, it's not that sour. Um, it, it's and I think that might actually be the key to me liking sour beers is finding those ones that aren't so ridiculously face puckeringly sour. Yeah, this is actually quite, it's enjoyable. This is quite sour, but it's not it's not give you better cheekbones sour. It's not Yeah. Um but I really like it. I mean I'll be honest with them, but I don't think it the, I mean I haven't had a mimosa in quite some time, but I'm pretty sure it doesn't taste anything like a mimosa, but it is delicious anyway. Mm. Well, on the other hand, this actually is quite similar to a Pim's, um, mainly because you can really taste the cucumber and the strawberry. Yeah. Which obviously in a, in a, in a Pim's is a, a key ingredient. Yeah. Well, it's if you can be bothered. I mean, I, quite often when I'm doing a Pim's, I'll just pour the, the, the Pim's and pour the lemonade and think, uh, cutting up a strawberry, cutting up some cucumber, I uh, can't be bothered. I'll just mush them. <laughs> 
yeah, it's just actually getting, it's just actually going through the process of getting them out, even, even getting them out of the fridge. I'm quite a lazy person generally, so. Yeah. If <laughs> you can't even be asked to get a few strawberries out of the fridge and bash them with something, then yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. That's why beer, that's why beer is so great, you know, it's there, <laughs> it's in a can, you open it, you pour it. Get can open, or in my case, yeah. just. Or in your it. case, just drink it straight from the can. See, there you go, you're calling me lazy. <laughs> Actually, no, I call myself lazy there. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> I am more than enough. I've already, I've already tried this beer. I've already liked it. I've done it from the glass. <clears throat> I don't need to assess mm. it professionally. I'm just drinking it. No, I guess that's the thing, isn't it? Really, I, uh, that that if it's being judged, then you have to you have to make sure that it's got the optimal circumstances of tasting that beer. But if you're just enjoying it on a a nice sunny evening, who cares? It's down to yourself, really, isn't it? As long as it's good, I don't give yeah. a shit. <laughs> very true, very true. <laughs> With regards to food and beer pairing, obviously your beer kitchen book, and of course, obviously in the little book of craft beer as well, there's lots of recipes and things like that. If somebody, not so much just cooking with beer, but, but pairing beers with, with food that, that people are having, but if people want to have a kind of crash course what they're eating and what the best beer to go with. I mean, I, if I'm having a curry, mm-hmm. I know that obviously when you're in a curry house, you, you go for something like Cobra or something like that. But if I'm having a curry at home and I know I don't have any of that kind of thing in the fridge, I tend to go for IPAs. It, it's, it, it works for me, but I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. It, well, what sort of curries are you eating? Well, my wife, it's usually something that my wife has cooked rather than that we've bought. Um, so, uh, chicken tikka masala, not terribly spicy because the rest of the family can't take spice. So, so it's quite, it's quite tame. Yeah. In which case, yeah, an IPA will work. Um, because what it will do is it will offer a bitterness and, uh, a, a generally a citrus, which will help cut through the creaminess. It'll also stop it becoming claggy. Um, the carbonation will act like little scrubbers around your mouth that will stop it becoming insipid. Um, so yes, in that one particular instance, when it when we're talking very anglicised, buttery, creamy um, cur- curries, yes, that will work. Yeah, absolutely fine. The minute you start looking at drier curries, heat, anything like that, forget it. It's it's an appalling pairing. And it's just laziness when people say, oh, that's got India in the name, it must go with curry. In the same way that we're, we're lazy because we talk about curry as an amorphous mass. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you don't, you, you none, we don't really talk about the fact because this is a Goan curry, is there fish involved? Is there lots of fresh flavours and all that sort of stuff? Is it a drier northern style? Is it, you know, what, what, what are we also, what are the accoutrements we're putting with it? What are we putting with it? Are we putting a, a hot pickle? Are we doing, so really the, the thing that you need to do is, uh, first of all, always know your beer first. Yeah. Yeah, I can take wild stabs in the dark because I've been doing this for 21, I've been writing about, about booze and beer for 21 years. Yeah. I can take wild stabs in the dark because I've got a database of, of, of stuff that I can call on. Get to know your beer first. The most important note in a beer uh, that when you're looking at beer and food pairing is absolutely 100% the bitterness because that is the flavour that you're left with. Right. Your specialist bittering receptors are at the back of your throat. So that's really, really important. 
if you have a very bitter beer and a very highly carbonated beer, what that will do, um, the carbonated bit is definitely proven. The bitter bit is sort of nearly proven that what it will do is exacerbate spice. Yeah. So I've done multiple things where I tricked people because I'm a bitch into eating something like the uh, Karkley Naga. So you see the Karkley snacks, the little lentil based snacks, they're fantastic. Oh, but right, the Naga yeah. one. And uh, get them to eat the, and then go, well, you know, obviously what you need to do is have a nice cold IPA to sort that out, don't you? And people immediately go, oh, God, that's cold. Ah, my God, what's happening? Why has everything got worse? Um, and, then, and then I give them a milk stout. Right. Because that's the because, best thing. Because that helps not only come, obviously the lactose plays a role in that as well. Because mm. um, what do you do when you have extremely hot things? You have yogurt, you have milk. Yeah. Yeah, sort of stuff. So the sugars help help calm it down, um, and they help, and because it's a because it and it helps just smooth things away a little bit. So I mean, it, it also helps that fats are alcohol soluble and so on and so forth. And and I tend to use a stronger beer at that point. Yeah. So um, your nervous system stops getting hijacked by the chili quite so heavily. <laughs> That's actually what it is. It's not. It's not specifically pain. It's actually that the chili hijacks your nervous system. All right. I know it's interesting, isn't it? Mm. So it's why it's why your whole body goes. Yeah. It's why, for example, you'll shake and you sweat and you'll sweat and you'll cry. Yeah. And you'll tremble. Possibly other things could happen. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's that's why because it actually it sort of slightly hijacks your nervous system. So yeah. So um, so that's really like, know your beer. Think yeah. about it in relation to your dish. So generally, is it, is it balancing things out? Is it, is it kind of the uh, cancelling things out? Or the next, the next step is kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. If this is your start of the journey, and I'm not calling lovely people stupid, it's something that was said to me by one of my dear friends, and it's stuck <laughs> with me ever since. Unsurprisingly, he was in the army because um, they love an acronym, um, and uh, it's just about don't run before you can walk. If this is your first foray. Try a golden ale or a very simple pale ale with, you know, sort of other world pale ale, something like an Aussie pale ale in particular. Mm. With a roast chicken or a piece of fish or some, a simple scallop dish. Don't go for Belgian wheat beer, such a versatile food matching beer. Keep okay. mm. it pretty simple to start with. Don't go overboard. Unless you're following expert advice, then, you know, knock yourself out. Yeah. But if you want to do this journey by yourself, do keep it simple, stupid. Then the, the, the four things that you're looking for, well, three primary, th primary things and one, one fourth one. And so you want to cut, complement, or contrast. So cut would be something like these sour beers that we've got. So you've got something like super, super fatty. So for example, I can see this being lovely with duck. Yeah. It's gorgeous with duck. Like fatty meat. Mm. Something nice and tart and zippy and zingy cut through that maybe even put a little bit of raspberry in the sauce as well instead of cherries or something like that which is more traditional or orange why do we think we have duck color orange yeah. Um, yeah to cut through to give that acidity to give that that zing then you want um complement so if you're doing a chocolate dish for example you could have a big imperial stout um or 
can't remember whether we were talking before we started recording or not, um, but if you were having uh, venison, so yeah. you, could have a, you could have a venison dish, um, and we know that a lot of sauces that go with venison use chocolate in the end in, to, as a finishing, as yeah. to make it glossy like you would do one day ever. Um, and then also um, contrast. So again, going back to that chocolate dessert, for example, one of the easiest things that you can talk about there is shark creeks or framboise, for example. Um, you can use those alongside like a dense chocolate, like flourless chocolate cake or something like that. Mm. Big lump of creme fraiche maybe, or vanilla ice cream. Your nice sharp cherry beer or raspberry beer. Beautiful, classic combination. Yeah. And if you, if you work on those, if you look at some of the classic combinations and then you think about how your beer could fit in there, it can actually be a missing component in the dish. Okay. So you can actually put yeah. something down that looks really quite sparse. Mm. But actually the surprise element, as opposed to breaking into it and it's got a, a, a raspberry fondant centre or something like that, actually the surprise element is the bit. Yeah. And then sometimes so supplementing what what some people would actually use as an ingredient in the dish it can be with, the with the ingredient in the beer. Yeah, yeah, the ingredient is the beer itself. Uh, so the missing flavour on the plate. Yeah. Um, and and then because you, you can on odd occasions create as well, so you can create something that's greater than some of its parts. So sometimes when you do pairings, you can just have this kind of like incredible messiah moment, like. The, the light shines through the sky and it's like, oh, um, and, and you have this moment where actually you realise that what you've done there is, is, is some great in these parts, but that's really rare. Yeah. But when it happens, it's amazing. Fantastic. Well, that information is great. Hopefully some people listening will, will, will bear that in mind, but definitely also go out and buy all your books. Thank you. Well, Melissa, it's been fantastic talking to you. Thank, Thank you so much. So much. Appreciate it. And uh, um, I look forward to the little book of Lager later in the year. Yeah, it's coming out in October. I'm excited. I get my. I should. Oh, I should have got my advance copy today. So maybe it will arrive tomorrow. Excellent. Lovely. Okay. Thank you. Thanks so much. Cheers. Cheers. Bye bye. So that was excellent. I really enjoyed chatting with Melissa. Very interesting to hear her tips for beer and food pairing, and can't wait for. Um, an opportunity to try out a few of those suggestions, especially making a dish with the beer being the missing ingredient. Also, great to know not to put beer into a blender. I'm not ready for my new blender to explode just yet. As Melissa said, her new book, The Little Book of Lager, will be available in October, and it's sure to contain lots of great info on the lager styles out there, some incredible lagers for you to try, and probably some uses for lager in food and cocktails. I'll be putting my pre-order in on Amazon for sure. Next week, I'm excited to be joined by Alex from North Brewing Company. They're a Leeds brewery, like last week's guest, Samity Brew Co. However, they've been going for five years and were started by John and Christian, the pioneers behind the legendary Leeds beer venue, North Bar, which opened way back in 1997. If you haven't done so yet, subscribe to this podcast on your preferred listening platform. It's now available on Apple Podcasts and Overcast too. And maybe even rate me and send a message. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram as at UK on both of those. Thanks for listening and I hope you can join me and Alex next week. Cheers.